Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. Got a fantastic guest today, Mei Seng. She's an intellectual property partner at the prestigious business litigation and intellectual property firm Umberg and Zipser, LLP. She has substantial experience in patent and trademark portfolio development and in all aspects of intellectual property enforcement, including negotiation, licensing, and litigation. Clients also depend on her multicultural background and language abilities to help them expand and navigate their IP strategy worldwide. I'll tell you, that's no easy task, given my experience doing patents. May, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Neil, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, you're quite the guru when it comes to legal law, but how did May become May? What, what set you down this path? <laughs> I, I love that question. Uh, you know, how did May become May? I think May is still figuring out who May is on a <laughs> daily basis. <laughs> May is ever evolving. Um, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. So I, you know, came to this country at 13 as an immigrant from China. Um, and even before then, I was moving uh, within China between Hong Kong and Xi'an, which is the ancient capital of China. Um, and by the time I was 31, I actually have moved, physically moved, uh, where either somebody had to haul your stuff in a truck or you have to hire somebody. Uh, but so by the time I was 31, I moved 30 times wow. and a lot of times, yes, those were, um, you know, across countries or across states. Um, so I, I think one of the things about me is that I, I know about um, changes and sort of adversity. You know, every time when you make a change, it's a new environment. It, it's a new place for you to get used to. It's a new group of people. Um, you know, it, it's a new way of thinking. Each place has their culture, has their sort of, you know, undertoning of what, what is it about that town, about that city. Um, so I think that allowed me to become the me today. And, and I lived, you know, in big cities in China, um, in Hong Kong. I lived in the Midwest in a small town in Indiana. I lived in Chicago, St. Louis, D.C., um, um, and also overseas in London. And, and all those things have, um, you know, just really taught me, um, you know, about this worldview of, of understanding where people are coming from. Um, and I'm always trying to kind of put myself in other people's shoes. Um, you know, with our current political climate, for example, there's such polarization. And, and I've known so many on the spectrum and I have really been thinking about this hard and it's because I think when you live from one place and grow from one place and surround yourself with similar places and similar people, you have, that shapes your point of view. You could read about things, you could watch shows, you could talk to people, but how you live on a day-to-day -day basis really shape you. Um, and as far as becoming a lawyer, I always wanted to do that. And, and the reason was silly and when I was young, because I watch a Hong Kong movie with Andy Lau and he was in a British wig and robe and he was fighting for the 
poor and it, and it just really made me feel like, oh, this is something I could do. Uh, but when I came to America, I didn't think that was something that I could achieve because I, I had a lot of language barrier at that time. Um, however, over the years, after getting a degree in biology uh, that set the path for becoming a patent attorney, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, however, after working a couple years in medical sales, I realized, oh, you know, uh, let me let me take a look at this LSAT thing. And, and, and once I looked at it, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think my English is okay. I'm going to give it a try. Uh, and here I am almost, um, you know, 20 years later, uh, which is crazy to think I've been practicing for so long, but it, it's, it's such a rewarding profession. You know, I love intellectual property. I, I love this profession because it's always about new technology, new concepts, and it's also about the people behind it. I have so many clients um, that they really literally have a dream. And, and what, what impressed me the most is that most of these folks um, have had a lot of adversity in their lives. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you and many of those others that, that you know, this path to success is not always straightforward. So, and it's watching these folks, you know, once they hit a venture, they fail, they get back up and then they keep going and going. And so I've learned so much from my clients and it's really humble me every day. So, um, and, and that's kind of where I am. Now I have two boys, uh, and my husband, um, and this is a new chapter, this COVID thing. Um, I'm learning, I'm doing hybrid learning every day. I've gone back to school, I say, for, you know, uh, learning about slopes and <laughs> all sorts of <laughs> learning about early American history, which is so fascinating as, as what we're going through. Um, so, so that's a little bit about me, Neil. Well, May, you've had an incredible journey, and I think my experience, my, my own, and a lot of people that have had a chance to actually move around a bit, I know that people think it's not the best thing, but I think their exposure to different people and cultures really shapes a, a broader perspective. Like the most innovative people I, I've known are ones that at a young age had that kind of experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. At the time, I think I never appreciated it because I moved so many different schools and moved so many different places. But it also made me realize, you know, you could be at a place where things are, are, are it's sort of, they might not be your tribe, but it's okay because you know that there are other tribes. And then also you develop language to know how to bridge with people. Um, so even if a group seems um, very closed off to you, that there's always commonality at the, at the end of the day. There's always stuff that binds us as humans. So yes, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for all the crazy moves we, I had <laughs> over the years. And I'm hoping not to move anymore. I'm, I love Orange County and I'm very happy here, so. All right, Despite so the rest the of the world, Orange County is apparently where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> right, despite the fires and all the craziness that's Orange County, but, you know, it, it's a great place to live and raise a family. All right, so I've, I honestly have never heard of someone that was watching like a Hong Kong action movie and that inspired them to be a lawyer, <laughs> let alone an intellectual property lawyer. What, what attracted you to IP? Well, I, you know, having had a science degree in college, it's always fascinating. I, I, you know, concentrated in genetics, which at that time 
we're still pretty elementary. You know, we're just learning, you know, um, the preliminary DNA threads that, you know, Watson and Crick just discovered. And, and you think about how much of that now has advanced in, in a short amount of time. Um, so I, I think I'm always, I just love new concepts, new ideas. Um, and I think intellectual property law is where someone can really satisfy that um, curiosity, right? And, and I also love the law because the law is kind of what makes us civilized, what give us our country its construct, right? Everything is sort of in these confines of these written words. So in terms of um, new technology, new concept, it's about them coming up and then um, carving out a little monopoly, right? Because we live in a capitalistic world and say, this is something I came up with. This is something that um, I can exclude others uh, from doing. And, and that's very powerful, obviously. You know, this, this is what companies base their um, you know, livelihood on, right? And it's these innovations and every company that we have helped, you know, it doesn't stop too. They don't just come up with one great idea. They constantly keep going. And yet the law constantly changes. Um, for example, with, you know, the introduction of AI technology, there is just so much um, new things that the laws are trying to catch up. Uh, a few years ago, uh, software patents was, was the vogue and there were just so many software patents. And then um, the Supreme Court had to put a kibosh on that, right? Just because to balance it out and to really figure out how our uh, how this world can accept technology moving forward, um, and and also it it's equal in that sense that um, when I meet an inventor, uh, somebody who's an entrepreneur, they have that spirit. I'm sure you've seen it. They they just have that fire in them, because by no means this is an easy easy journey. You know, I give so much credit to, to those entrepreneurs because it, they make it look easy on Shark Tank. You come up with an idea, you go and have a fat, you know, flashy pitch. And next thing you know, you make tons of money. Um, but what they don't see is the sweat, um, both in terms of, you know, equity sweat and, and physical sweat and the sacrifices they have to make. And yet they believe, right? And, and they also, I think for successful um, companies, they, they need to have the right team member. And you'll hear me say this over and over again. It, it's all about the people, really. It, it's all about the people that you have walk on this journey with you, um, whether it's with your company, your family, your community. That's the most important. And it's how we can get them to bridge the differences and come along. I think, I think that's the most important part. Well, it is, and I, I can attest to everyone having helped out several entrepreneurs that uh, 18-hour days and couch serving and, uh, you know, <laughs> eating out of ramen noodles every day, not, not a glamorous life, but, uh, you know, you put the work in and hopefully you get rewarded. A uh, lot to unpack here, May, because and as you were talking about, like, how technology is kind of impacting or transforming law, law itself is going through like a big inflection point. I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of change in the industry around talent management and the regulatory policy around technology and retention strategies. And I could probably list like 20 things, but you know, right now, what do you think is the most challenging thing for the law industry to confront? 
Yes, I, I think that that's, you know, a very important question because I think even before COVID, um, the legal industry was facing a lot of challenges. One of the big ones is sort of the, I, I think it's really recruiting top talent, recruiting great talent. Um, you know, law school admission have been down. Um, the law jobs is no longer seen as a glamorous job. Um, young folks realize how difficult and challenging it is um, and, and how hard of a job it really is too. It, it really is, is a tough marathon run, not a sprint. So, so you have that and also technology, like you said, there are so many things that are sort of replacing what's traditionally seen as legal services, um, contract writing, discovery issues, now that can all be automated. Um, you know, um, quite a few large law firms have their own AI associates. So it really begs the question is what, who, what do lawyers do? Who are lawyers? You know, we, we're actually having a sort of an existential crisis, so to speak, of, of this basic question because even patents, there are softwares out there that write patents, right? So um, what, what's gonna happen with that? Um, I think we're in the crux of, you know, I, and I think this is not just unique to the legal industry, right? This is sort of a, a, a bigger question that many industry faces, but it's like who we are and how do we go forward and still create value. Clients are demanding more and more, um, you know, and they now, because of the internet, now 20, when I first started, we were just on the cusp of transforming from book research to online research, and it was a big deal. Um, but yet you, you had content that only attorneys had access to by paying these huge subscription. But now you pretty much can find anything on the internet. So there's a lot of DIY component to it. Um, and therefore, again, it's, it, it's, a, it's a huge sort of obstacle for lawyers to overcome. I think to be, to be a robust lawyer, you have to really think outside the box and think more comprehensively as not just a legal consultant for your clients, but as a business consultant, as sometimes a psychological coach. I, I've done that so many times. My clients become um, you know, part of it, very intimate conversations because it's about their passion, their business. And, and that evolves into so many different facets. Um, so we have to think of how do we, you know, as an industry going forward, how do we define ourselves? So I think those are some of the biggest challenges. Well, I think you touched upon something actually critical that I think most people actually don't realize. Um, for people who are not familiar with the legal industry, uh, one, they've historically just been slow to change like you're talking about. I mean, often they're, they're making very good money and they're like, why should I fix something that's not broken, right? The second thing is some of these things, especially with the technological innovation and, you know, the use of AI or, you know, even like document management systems or e-discovery. Um, the, what I've seen is it's a business model problem for like a lot of law firms because they're so used to the billable hour model. It's like, well, you know, if I, I use like legalmation's AI, that associate lawyer that was going to do 10 hours worth of billable work. Now they're doing like 30 minutes, right? So how do I, right. it's not just how do I keep that guy busy? Where do I get work or how do I, how do I charge for stuff, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, exactly. I think this is a conversation. I, I'm on a couple of different groups. One of them is the managing um, law firm legal partners 
in Orange County. And, and we're actually gonna have, we've been having a lot of discussion about this and this is not just a new problem, but it, it's constant, right? So um, there are things that used to take more a lot of labor work that's much less now. So, and charging, I mean, used to be just about volume of hours and then you, you know, have a corresponding price tag to that. However, people now are paying so much more, they want more flat fee arrangement. Um, they want more alternative fees, maybe, you know, sort of a, a hybrid of sort of, you know, success fee. If you do make something happen for me, then I'm gonna give you a bigger reward. So I do think law firms have to adjust. And you're right, law firms are, are, are very, very uh, slow in terms of change. And what's actually one great thing coming out of COVID is that um, for the longest time, there was this expectation that if you can't um, be in the office physically, you know, have that face time, it, it's going to it, be impossible to maintain a practice. And that's obviously not true because most firms are now are not back in the office. You know, almost all big firms are, are, are out until at least middle of next year. And yet they, they're finding ways to making sure it works. Now, it's not without its challenges, of course, as we all know, we're all working virtually, right? But what's positive ab about this is from, um, and, and, I, and you asked me what's sort of one thing I, I, about this whole time is that anything is possible, right? Anything is possible because before, when you have a young associate, the, the person that needs to get work, they really need to kind of shadow a partner right? They have to go find that person. And, and, and then there's a lot of relationship building. There's a lot of lunches, there's a lot of extracurricular activities in order to form those bonds in order for these young attorneys to, to, to get the work they need and get the mentorship they need. Now, that's all been kind of like flattened, okay? And there's got to be a new way of figuring out how to do that. So it's both an obstacle and an opportunity. And the way I say that is so many... Um, I don't, just a little sidebar, diversity is a huge issue within the legal industry, right? It's been a huge problem to maintain diverse candidates across board. Yet the way I think allow us to work more virtually, it gives an opportunity us for, for, for folks to kind of be on an even playing field, provided, provided that the organizations employed them um, understand sort of all the challenges that's facing them as well, right? So right now we have a lot of working parents. Um, I'm one of them. It's, it's tremendously difficult when you have um, kids at home that you need to help them. So, um, and yet, you know, it's also another, another thing. People were saying there's no work and life balance and yet folks now able to see their kids much more they're there to be at home more. And, and that was an industry problem that was plaguing. And so it, it's really interesting. I definitely don't have all the answers, you know, technology wise. Um, there's so many things to choose from, you know, there, it, you could talk to, a, you know, 50 law firms and I will bet about none of them are going to use the same technology. They all have different platforms. They all have different billing software. They all have different docketing system. Um, they all have diff different document management software. So I, I think that's where the challenge is. It's like there's no uniformity across board. 
No, and I think a lot of people are trying to figure things out, right? As, as bad as COVID has been, it's also been like the great accelerator. Like some of these things that we thought would not happen or would take 10, 15 years to happen have suddenly happened. And right. Right. And so it's not that people are like, okay, when do we go back to normal? Or what is the new normal? I look at it as just our lives are a series of next normals. And I think that's what yes. I'm kind of struggling with is I see a lot of like firms or just companies in general going like, I'm waiting for someone to tell me what that next normal is. And it's like, um, you actually need to try and create that yourself. <laughs> Don't wait for somebody else. You're missing a huge opportunity. So do you, do you see some, some of the firms out there are kind of embracing that role and kind of leading the way? Yes, yes, I do. And it's, it's funny you say that we have to embrace the, the new normal that's constantly changing. And in some way, um, I feel, you know, this is more back to some of the clients we serve that entrepreneurship because what you take for granted as sort of things are the same. Now we're just like our clients, you know, things for them change constantly, right? When you're running a business, there's always new things you got to tackle. And, and it's the same thing for law firms. Now they have to think faster. They have to um, make changes faster. Um, I, what, what I see again, you know, and I think this is not unique to the legal industry is, is to how to keep your teams together when you're remote. Right. Um, so, for example, I manage a team of uh, there's eight of us, not a big team, but we, we have, you know, been very blessed. We've been very busy in the IP area during this time. And we also have, you know, um, really try to come up ways to stay connected with each other. I find that my job as sort of managing the team is that one of my duty, you know, is to really making sure I talk to them, check in with them, even if it's a short text on a weekly basis, because it's so easy for people not to tell you what's going on. And they could be battling all sorts of things. You know, they could be battling family being sick, they're sick, they could be battling whatever it is um, that's very challenging, but you know, some are just more quiet. So if you don't reach out to them and build that relationship, it takes time. It doesn't just happen. If you only call them once every few months, they're not gonna feel comfortable telling you what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and then we also have our weekly meetings. I, I try to do two a week. One is for sort of official business. And the other one is just lighthearted. It's just checking in with each other as, as a group. Um, we do, we do a little thing called, we, we call it Costco corner. Uh, just what's the best special going on that week at Costco, what's low at Costco. So people can stock up. You know, if, if they found the toilet paper wipes, you know, if we shared that with each other, it seems silly. Uh, but I think at this time, it's really important um, to be connected that way. And, and that's what I hear from a lot of firms. They are creating a lot of um, uh, these sort of virtual connections, you know, and, and they've been very creative. I, I love hearing things. They have, you know, sort of wine tasting at home. Um, they have movie screening. Um, so when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, our Supreme Court Justice, who passed away, um, firms had screenings on that and then um, had discussion groups to talk about it. I, I, and I, I don't even know if firms would have done that before COVID. Uh, but because of, you know, sort of this unique situation we're in, there's more ways for us to kind of figure out outside the box, right? Before it's always sort of a lunch or happy hour. But now, you know, we're really thinking creatively how to connect with each other. 
That's fantastic. I, I think too many leaders underscore the need to help build resiliency in their teams. I know that people always think like you got your professional life or personal life, but now the two are, are melded together, right? It's work-life integration. And our job as leaders is to actually help make sure our, our employees, our direct reports are not disconnected, that they're, that they're actually okay. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just want to add that, I mean, obviously for law firms, productivity is very important. And I think across the board, again, not unique to the legal industry, productivity is down just because you, you at home, you just interrupted so much more. So, um, and it's very easy to kind of go down to the negative and be in the negative space with, you know, your team members about that. But I think it's very crucial to have a lot of empathy, a lot of kindness during this time, because again, you, you just don't know what people are going through. And I find that um, whenever I had higher engagement with team members, that productivity goes up just because I, I, it's not about so much as overseeing them. It's about they know that, okay, what they do matters to the team, right? They're still contributing. And, and if there are other issues, I, I will play the role of whatever it is that needs to be done, whether it's counsel or whether it's something. I mean, collectively, we all have so much experience and wisdoms about challenges we each other face, right? Like somebody... Um, I, I had COVID, for example. So when other team members thought they had it, it, it's just such crazy time to think, how do you even get a simple COVID test, right? But I was able to relay that knowledge, which saves time and headache and let them know that they're not in it alone, you know? Uh, that, that's huge and great advice. So may if people want to learn more about what you're up to, the latest challenges of the industry or what the Costco corner of the week is. It's the best <laughs> way to in touch. Uh, please feel free to email me at um, mtsang at umberzipster.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. And uh, I am just happy to talk to anyone about anything. You know, we, we all, I think that's just the thing. We all need to be open-minded and stay connected, right? So um, I would love to learn what, what's, what's the tip of the week, what the life hacks and what, what other specials that Costco has that, uh, you know, with the holidays coming up, right? So. All right, audience, you heard. She'll trade Costco Corner for life hacks. So please reach out to her. We'll make sure all that info is in the show notes. May thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Neil. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.